Named after the mechanism that separates the sweet wort from the spent grains, False Bottom Girls features two beer experts filtering through the brewing industry to guide listeners through the wonderful, yet sometimes confusing, world of beer. Hi, my name is Rachel Hudson. I'm the co-owner and head brewer of Pilot Brewing in Charlotte, North Carolina, and an advanced Cicerone. Hi, I'm Jen Blair. I'm the beer program coordinator with New Realm Brewing in Atlanta, Georgia, and I am also an advanced Cicerone. So we'll try not to be like too good today <laughs> in case we don't get anything. Okay. <laughs> sure. I, yeah. I, why not? So yeah, cheers. Cheers. First what time. do you have? Uh, Dota Par 4. Ooh. I have our Buena Dorado from New Realm. Nice. It was supposed to be our CBC beer. Ah. that they did um, in conjunction with Crosby Hop Farms. Oh, okay. And, uh, obviously, there wasn't a CBC, so they uh, ended up just deciding to can it and said, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've only prepared a bullshit. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's funny because I was coming up here, I was listening to a seminar, um, one of the CBC ones, and I was walking upstairs and I was like, what can we just talk about yes. <laughs> instead of having like an actual topic? Hey, yeah. everybody, here's just a, an episode. We actually haven't done an episode since I think like our second episode where we just talk about stuff, yeah. you know, like since then we've had like themes yeah. and, and like today we're talking about this. And I think it was just like our second episode that was like, what sticks our mashes? Yeah. We could also some better content <laughs> instead of like, well, I'll just try to live. <laughs> <laughs> just try not to scream into the void today. <laughs> Do you want to see what beers I have? Yeah. I just, I have like a couple that I keep on the shelf that are kind of old school. Oh yeah. And uh, I'll explain them because I know like viewers can't see this, right? Right. Okay. <laughs> since, since I'm next to my shelf. Right. And I thought maybe you wanted to say I got uh, I got a couple of stone beers that were brewed in Germany. So the okay. labels are all in German. Nice. Which is kind of fun. I got it at Wireman. <laughs> but let's see. Let's see what else I got. Also at Wireman. Um there's a lady named, uh, what's her name? She used to be the head brewer for M Moyland's Brewing Company. Okay. And Denise, Denise, no, not Naomi. Fuck, can't remember it. But anyways, she works at um, Wireman and does all their distilling program. So this is like a uh, beer that she made on their small batch. And it was like a rosemary pilsner or something like that. And um, they just bottled, they just like hand bottled, you know, like, I don't know, kegs worth of beer. Yeah. I was like, and I had actually met her at GABF. Well, yeah, GABF one year when I was with Hardywood and we went out there. We went to a uh, one of the local restaurants. You know, there's always so many events going on. Right. One of the events was um, a whiskey tasting. And she was helping to host, or I don't know, she was there. Maybe she wasn't hosting it, but she was there. And I am like 
25, I don't know, 26, 27. I, I don't know. I'm really, in my, I'm like my first year of brewing. I'm with Hardywood. I'm a, I'm a little party girl. I don't know. I love brewing and all this. And I'm just like hanging out with this brewmaster lady, you know, <laughs> who is a badass. And she's just telling, she's just like, I don't know, because we're females, we're connecting. And she's like, yeah, you don't take this shit. You don't take that shit. <laughs> like, seriously. And uh, it was amazing. And then um, we went to, gosh, a year or maybe like six or seven months after our we got married, we went to Germany and um, went to Wireman, took a tour. And because we were a pilot and stuff, we got to like see, you know, get to meet some people. And I was like, holy shit. Jones, Denise Jones, I think was her name. I was like, oh my God, you don't remember me, but I remember you and this guy. <laughs> and uh, she, they were picking hops off the vine that day. What? They, yeah. So they had um, a small batch that they were going to do. And it was a little bit slow, I guess, of a week. So her and a couple other malt makers or malsters or, were, yeah, they had a vine of hops and they were, they were just picking all the hops off the vine. They were getting ready for a small batch brew. They had a beautiful trying to see i keep looking up here i have one picture of us like there yeah but, but that's not anything cool but they had like a beautiful um small batch system like in this room and yeah that's where they're getting ready to do and then um and then we just went and did, did our other thing but you could buy it like she had a really small batch limited beer and i was like give me that bottle yeah so this is from that nice and I, I have a bottle up there for my first hardy my first bottle beers you're super special. Like, scan them all real quick. What is this? First of all, 2011 bottle of gin Hardywood gingerbread stout. Nice. For when they open, I'll never, it should probably taste awful. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, gotta have it. Pretty in Pink was my first uh, bottle at Hardywood. I always did I remember you talking about that before. Yeah, this was a collaboration between um, Lost Rhino, Hardywood, Blue Jacket and um, Capital City in Washington, D.C. Nice. It's now closed. And um, Megan Parisi was a head brewer at Blue Jacket, and she's the now the head brewer at uh, Sam Adams. Sam Adams. Yeah. It's so funny. It's so too. since we've um, been quarantined, so since I guess since we're recording now, we should say, if you're listening to this sometime in the future, do we have flying yeah. cars? And also, we're <laughs> recording this during the coronavirus, uh, so we are quarantined or sheltering in place. So Rachel yeah. and I are via Skype right now um, recording these new episodes. But since we've, since this has been going on, things like CBC were canceled, so they've been doing CBC online. And one of my other friends and I have been keeping like our lessons, like the top five lessons learned from CBC online. And number one is everyone loves Megan Parisi. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> oh my God. That's like one of my mentors. I, I mean, that's not true. I, I look up to her. Like, I mean, I mean, yes, she, if she wants right. to be my mentor. But... Yeah. I was going to say, we should get her, we should get her on the, on the but, podcast. Uh... So I met her when we were brewing this beer and it was like a, four of us female brewers for breast cancer and we brewed the small batch. Oh, this is a funny story, actually. I hope she hears this one day. Um, <laughs> she may or may not know this, but uh, 
the small batch we, we brewed at Hardywood. It was a pilot batch. It was like, I don't know, you know, 15 gallons, whatever. And then we went to go to Lost Rhino to brew 50 barrels of it, bottle it and can it and all that, or not keg it and all that stuff. So me, this is like my first, I wrote the base recipe for this. This is like my first recipe I ever wrote. Right. Um, don't get me wrong. I did a lot of research on other, other similar styles. I was not like, oh yeah, I just did this off the top of my head. Right, I right. mean, uh, pretty much probably like a Saison DuPont clone, pretty much like, but anyways, I left the Sani in the tank on this pilot batch brew. And uh, we, so we have this great brew day. We go to knock out and put all the beer into the um, tank. And like, as we're finishing up, I'm like, oh, like I, re- I realized what I had done. I didn't Wait, like go, oh. go back really quick. Cause like yeah. you broke up right oh. as you said, what, oh, gotcha. you, what you forgot to do <laughs> or what you did. Um, so I, we finished the brew day or we had a great brew day. Perfect. Flawless. Put all the beer into the tank. And as we were finishing up, I realized I forgot to drop the sandy out of the tank. Oh, shit. <laughs> so I did I like realized this, but I did not tell anyone around me as you're all like, hi, hi baby, let's go have a beer, great brew day. We're like, shit, 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 shit. <laughs> so I go, I, I like we finish up, clean up, whatever, do our thing, and, th- and like later on I find uh one of the owners, his name is Patrick, and I'm like, Patrick. And he saw the look on my face. He's like, you forgot to drop the sandy out of the tank. I was like, I forgot to drop the sandy out of the tank. <laughs> He's like, I was going to remind you. And I forgot. And I was like, ah. So the next day, um, I went back and brewed the beer. Like, I, I rebrewed it. Like, I uh, into another tank. So I left the fermenting beer with the sandy. Just to see. Because now we had an experiment. And then... Sure. I, we had luckily had another, you know, small conical available. So I uh, brewed it, brewed it, and rebrewed it, rebrewed it right there that same day or the next day. And then, uh, and then we just like, it was fine. And then we brewed the big, big batch of Lost Rhino, but yeah, that was pretty in pink. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I'm not sure if she, Megan Priestley knows that story or not. I, I feel like I might have told her one day, but I don't, I don't think I told her the whole. I don't, I don't, I don't think she does. I don't think she does. Yeah. yeah I hope she listens to this and does. Yeah. <laughs> I was about to say, so two things out of that and from your wireman story. Um, the first one is there are so many times that I've said, like, yes, yeah, sure, I can do that when somebody asks me to do something. And then, like, I immediately Google how to do it. Yeah. And it doesn't appear that way outwardly to people and so like you always think that everybody has their shit together like you do like you do stuff like that and it's like well this is you know this is just a mistake it happens we're human and that's how we learn but you don't want to tell anybody because like yeah, just don't the beer. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and then like you hear somebody, you know, like you tell the story, and then you know, like Megan or whoever is just like, oh yeah, yeah, I've done that. <laughs> like we all we all do that. It's like that's how you learn. Yeah. Not to do that is by yeah. making that mistake, and yeah. you know, you just it just always appears that like everybody else has all of their shit together and you don't, yeah. and so that's <laughs> that's always funny because there have been a couple of times that like somebody has said like, hey, do you want to moderate this panel? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I totally do. <laughs> yeah. I hit send, and then I pull up Google and I type how to moderate a panel, 
And that is literally a true story of something I've yeah. done. And I've done that a couple of times where I'm like, yeah, I'll know how to do it by the time I have to do it yep. or I won't and we'll see. <laughs> yeah. But I think it's, um, so the other thing from that and from Wireman that I think is funny is, or not funny, but interesting is when, like you said, you're, you know, you, you had this conversation with Denise all these years ago. And then when you see her again, you're like, you probably don't remember this, but I do. Yeah. And I had something really similar to that. The first time I ever judged beer um, was in Charlotte and it was for the, the Carolina Brewmasters for their U S open. And I was paired with another woman named Terry. And I think you probably, you've met Terry before, uh, but she's, like super friendly, super bubbly. She's one of those people that if you see her, you know, you're about to have a really good time. She, you know, I was paired with her because she was the experienced judge and like, she walked me through everything and was very much like, well, what do you taste? And, you know, good job. That's, I get that too. And like very encouraging. And I've seen since in my experience, people who have terrible, terrible first time judging experiences. It's usually women who are judging for the first time who get paired with older home brewers who are, you know, just patronizing. And um, I've, I've known of two different women who had such terrible judging experiences the first time they judged that they said, I will never do that again. And I've always been very thankful that I had that really great first judging experience. And it was very positive because I've had a lot of not great judging experiences also. And it's still, even now, you know, I'm, I'm a national BJCP judge. I'm an advanced Cicerone. I get major anxiety going to any kind of competition to judge because I don't know if I'm going to be paired with someone who is going to treat me like that. I know at least one of those women since then has come back to judging and I, I have actually judged with her since then, but you know, something like that happens and it just really turns people off. But I was always really fortunate that I had that really, really positive first session. And it was um, at one of our pint nights late last summer, I think like last August that she and I were talking and uh, she said something like, well, I don't think we've ever brewed or ever judged together. I was like, no, we did. I judged with you for the first time. And it was like, you made it such a positive experience that I kept Aww. going. And like, she yeah. had no idea. Aww. And she was just like, oh my God. Oh my God. Give me a hug. <laughs> I was like so touched by it. But yeah, it was, you know, it was one of those things where like, she's been doing that for years and it's just another kind of another day of judging. And that just kind of speaks to her character and yeah. who she is. But yeah, I was like, if I, if I hadn't have judged with you and I would have had some of these other experiences that I've seen happen, I don't know that I would have kept going. Like it's hard yeah. enough to keep going now, but it's, it's just interesting when somebody has that kind of impact on you and like, they, they don't know it, you know? No, I mean, I totally get that. And what's even weirder now is to realize that and I don't want to sound in any sort of way, but like one time at a festival here in Charlotte, one of the brewers I used to work with at Noda works at another brewery and he, there was a couple of female brewers there and he was like, Hey, they really want to meet you. They're like, or there was one girl in particular. She really wants to meet you. She's really shy. They're like really big deal to her. I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> Shut up. And he wasn't kidding. I was like, that is like super, like, 
it makes you realize you have this impact on people right with what you're doing right now and that's cool you yeah. know yeah. <laughs> like oh, that was sure. really flattering that was really cool right yeah i had um something similar to that at after homebrew con uh, a, a woman homebrewer had emailed me to say hey like i saw your the presentation you did um, last year at HomebrewCon about craft malt. And so we've started using craft malt. And this year, my husband and I won first place in American IPA category in the national oh. homebrew competition. Wow. And we were using craft malt. And like, that's, I just, you know, like, it was kind of the same thing. Like, thank you, because now that I've started using that, I really, like, I'm really a believer and I see the power in this, but she said something like, and I saw you at NHC this year, but I didn't, I didn't come say hello. And I was like, why? Yeah. But yeah, I was just <laughs> like, that's, that is very strange that somebody, like you said, like somebody would be nervous because I'm yeah. like, I'm a big idiot. And if yeah. you saw me at the conference, <laughs> chances are, I was not that cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I can't, I can't, I can't super been or I'm massively yeah. hung over. And also, if you see me somewhere and you see me with friends and my husband who agrees that I'm a big idiot, <laughs> please come up and be like, oh, my God, <laughs> you've made a difference. You're doing something of value yeah. uh, because I'd just be like, see, see you guys. Somebody yeah. likes me. <laughs> I don't know, especially when your husband's there, right? Yeah, like, Every time to say. <laughs> there's so many times I'm like bring something up and I'm like well actually if you listen to my podcast you would already know this <laughs> <laughs> he just walked in the door too he totally heard me say that so. <laughs> but it's also like besides all that I mean just even getting the messages we do from people that listen to our silly podcast mm -hmm. like that is also amazing like it's all super humbling and and pretty nice you know but, yeah but yes very very strange to think that yeah that yeah that what we say actually you know matters or do matters I don't know <laughs> right so if you're listening to this and this is not us begging for attention no or we're just we're just totally surprised that if you you're care. listening to this <laughs> and there's somebody in your life who has made an impact on you just reach out and tell them if you haven't already because chances are they have no idea and it will like be a bright spot for the rest of their yeah. life. Yeah. yeah. More so than it is for you. Right. <laughs> Just us talking. So who knows how I will edit this or even if it gets recorded successfully. But one of the things Crystal and I were talking about is one, we're actually this time recording at 530 on a Friday afternoon, um, not 8 a.m. on a Sunday. So we yeah. woke up. But um, we've also just not really, we don't have a lot of brain space right now to do no. uh, all of these topics. So we have a lot of ideas for episodes coming up. And we'll up. get to them. <laughs> and we will when we feel like being prepared. So uh, when we were starting, <laughs> we're like, let's just talk. Let's just bullshit. Let's yeah. talk about what we've been doing during the, the shelter in place. And one thing I think is interesting, just with you showing me those bottles, is how many people, when all of this started, you know, six, eight weeks ago, started when everybody was like really, really, really staying at home. Yeah. So 
people I saw were like, well, I'm just going to start drinking through my cellar because they also didn't want to be going out to the store and buying beer. And yeah. And so many people now are like, why did I save all these beers? (laughs) Like they taste like shit now. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Or they're like, I don't want any more barrel aged, you know, 14% beers. And also if I've been saving them all this time and they taste like shit, I'm not really interested in opening more to find out that, you know, I stood outside in 17 degree weather for these beers and I've been keeping them all this time and, you know, spent $20 a bottle on them and they're awful. I I don't agree with saving beer. Like I get the hype, but just drink it, drink it fresh. Even like a barrel aged beer, like the beer, the beer has been aged to the point where the brewer wants it to be aged. Like, like for us at Pilot right now, we are getting ready to release barrel-aged bottles because yeah. we have no taproom. And but we have what 100, oh, anywhere from 100 to 120 of each type. Right. Like if you are sick of drinking your old barrel-aged beers, this is a perfect time to drink a fresh one. <laughs> <laughs> Come on down. But yeah, I, I was talking about to somebody about that today because we were just talking about our new realm mix packs and how what we're seeing now is, you know, one, everybody's been trying to drink their cellar and they're, they're tired anyway. I think everyone has tired palates from adjuncts and fruits and all of that, but they're just getting like going for something that is a West coast IPA or just an American stout or something that is just a basic, very flavorful style and how like coming out of this i hope that people stick with that and like aren't aren't constantly demanding that breweries come out with a new hazy and a new fruited sour every single week yeah. and they're just yeah. no just give me your pilsner or give yeah. me your ipa and for and also for that same reason it's like oh i've been chasing all of these beers for so long and spending so much money on them and spending so much effort on getting them and now I finally drink them and they've mi- I've missed the window on when they're going to be good. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, talk about your um I think by the time the next episode comes out, your beers your barrel beers will have just been released. Oh yeah. About yeah. that cuz you just were bottling it. Right? What was that? Bottling it today. Yeah, so we had four 15 gallon barrels. And if you've ever been to Pilot or know anything about it, it's very small. Or small three-barrel narrative brewery, our square footage is like, I don't know, 1,900 like square feet total. So we don't have a lot of space. So we got, uh, we have really small fermenters for everyone to kind of do their thing on. So we thought it'd be cool to do a project where everyone got to brew their own beer, put it to the barrel. So there's four brewers, four barrels. Uh, 3K from Doc Porter's, which is down the road in Charlotte. And they were, well, two were bourbon and one was single malt whiskey. And then another bourbon barrel from Yellow Rose Distillery in Texas. So we ended up with a barley wine, a Belgian quad, a Scottish wheat heavy, and an imperial stout. And we were going to release them in the tap room as just draft. And, but no more tap room we really don't know when that's even going to be a feasible option so we decided to you know hand bottle these 
keg. So it's about 15 gallons of each beer. It's not like the end of the world when it comes to right. you know, bottling, but we needed to do something. So um, we got made some cool labels. We wax dip, we're wax dipping them right now. We, we're, we're kegging the last one or we're bottling the last one on Monday. And our, like we're selling them next Friday. Our labels don't even come in till, till Sunday. I mean, uh, Saturday, full disclosure. So like Saturday, we'll be labeling them up. Okay. And, uh, but people can order them. Like it's a virtual online release. So you can get on virtually, order the beers at noon on that on Friday the twenty second, and then they'll be available for pickup that Sunday or delivery. Yeah. So we wanted to do that so we weren't creating some sort of line mass chaos, like people not that like I think my you know, I'm just like that cool. But uh, <laughs> just in case, like I would, I wouldn't be uncomfortable. If also, if you've been a pilot, you know how small my patio is. Right. I'd be super uncomfortable to even have 20 people like waiting for a bottle of beer. So I just figured, like, make your order, give us some time to get everything together, and then we'll bring it to you, or you can come pick it up at the window. Yeah, I think that's smart because you guys are in a, a building with two restaurants that. I yeah. assume also have people at least yeah. getting takeout and stuff from them. Um, so yeah, so that's really smart. So when this comes out, we will be past the bottle release. Yeah. I, I'm, we'll have drank all of uh, it. Like, yeah, it will be like, people will be picking up this, bo- picking up their bottles when this comes right. out. <laughs> right. But uh, if you get, if you're lucky enough to uh, get one, they are fucking delicious. And you don't have to age them. No, don't. Don't. Just drink <laughs> it. Like, I find myself, even Jeff and I were like, okay, well, we, the only reason we're keeping one is because it's our brewery. We have, like, we're keeping one can of everything that we've right. canned so far. We're just, that's the only reason I'm keeping, like, the only reason I have bottles for, that I do, like, this is a bottle I brewed. This is a beer I brewed that's very special to my heart. The right. bottles that I have, I will never drink. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, this is an IPA from fucking 2000. God damn, I don't know. <laughs> uh, 12 or 13, you know? So, yeah. like, but that's the only reason I keep bottles. Yeah. They're near dear to me. But, yeah, no, drink the barrel beers. Because they're good. They're very good. Like, Amanda's, she did a uh, Belgian quad and it's like an old fashioned. Ooh. And Ujiga's is like this really awesome imperial style with lots of chocolate and vanilla and bourbon notes. And then the barley wine and we have either very classic for their style, which is taking on hits of the bar- the barrel. I mean, and the fact is it goes to charity. One dollar of every bottle sold goes to uh, the Carolina Raptor Center because they were going to be the people that we were going to benefit for this draft release. Mm-hmm. Anyways. So we felt like we needed to continue that on. Nice. And uh, we wax dip them, and they're fun, cool, like old timey labels. You can't really see this one, but it has this like texture to it. Right. That's gonna be. It is. It's just fun. And nice. uh, it will pay our rent. <laughs> so yeah, last night we were Jeff and I were you know. Not having a few barrel beers, but my little bit. <laughs> and uh, I was like, we could do this every 
month we could get barrels we'll have like a set that gets released every single month and then we could pay our rent if you know if, if the hype is there <laughs> like, that's how we've been pivoting barrel yeah. beers that can't ipas it's like every other brewery in america right <laughs> yeah i mean like you said it's when you get beers like that and i used to be really really guilty of whatever the newest thing was that was coming out, I needed to have it. And I would buy, you know, at least two bottles. So I would have one to drink and then one to age. And then you just end up with a bunch of stuff that you're saving for no real reason. And so finally, I think it was, I guess it was 2018 because I called it consolidate teen and was like, (laughs) okay, I'm not, I'm not buying any more beer I'm not like chasing anything if there's something in a series that I buy every year then I can do that but that's it and you know so like Bigfoot yeah that comes out every year that's fine you know I'll I'll get some of that and we just went through it I mean I want to say we had at least probably close to 20 cases of beer that we were saving and we went through it and like pulled out everything that just should have been drank a long time ago. Yeah. And we have our no box, which means that anything in the no box, like it's basically like we both have to put in our key and turn it at the same time. One of us can't just independently like drink it, yeah. <laughs> but everything else in the rest of the boxes is just like, you know, go for it if it's if and we went through the beers and we're like okay because of course I have a spreadsheet all the boxes are numbered um it sounds really stressful (laughs) (laughs) but you know we went through it we were like okay there are just a few beers that we have that are really special that you know we're saving for I don't know what but just not a hey we're a couple beers deep and we're gonna open something from the cellar kind of no you gotta start out you gotta start out with the cellar Right, exactly. So we, I mean, we got down, I think we only have maybe like seven boxes now, which sounds, it's still a lot. But yeah, I think we have one no box, one barley wine box, and then one box that's just Bigfoot, like all these different verticals of Bigfoot. So most of what we have left now in the other boxes are also still verticals of just different beers. And really one of the main reasons why we haven't gotten into that yet is because like, if we're going to have backwoods bastard, like pre founders being trash backwoods bastard, you know, I'm not just <laughs> yeah. going to have like a 2014. I want, if we've got a five-year vertical, I want that five-year vertical, but yeah. then you got to commit to drinking that five-year yeah. vertical for the night. So most of what we have left now is just stuff like that, yeah. that will be like, okay, you know, sure. We'll plan for Saturday. We'll do this kind of vertical. So we'll pull some stuff and get it chilled. But other than that, like, we just drink through it. And that's... Well, if you do have a lot of beers, like, you also a really good option is to start cooking with them. Yeah. Or, or pairing them. Like, some of them might have aged to the point where maybe they're giving flavors you don't necessarily want. Right. But depending on the beer and what you want to do, like, because of your amazing master, master or Cicerone study schedule... Which gave me the idea to do a period every week. Yeah. I was like, oh, yes. So, like, I, so, like, week two. But, like, last week we made longer live tacos. So, we, like, 
marinated we did a longer bride with chicken and like and sugar and salt and like peppers and coriander like live and i don't know shit like so it was really helpful for me <laughs> to do this like to right. make it and i was like one of the things i read in this like like book i have that was probably like wrote by someone who's not a beer connoisseur but like more to cookie and uh he's like you got a shitty can of lager that your friend brought over perfect which was like a funny like opposite end of the point but you know just like all the different things you can cook with you're like well fuck it i need to open i need an excuse to open this beer i'll cook with it and i'll drink it you know yeah exactly exactly but yeah i think we've done we've done a fairly good job of depleting our cellar but i know that's what a lot of people kind of when all of this started were like okay i'll finally just start drinking stuff out of the cellar and what I've gotten better about is not, it's like, what are you, what are you saving it for? Yeah. You know, like the beers that we have that we're saving, we do have specific like, like occasions, like when this happens, we will drink this beer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, the rest of the stuff is just like, well, today, today's the special day. It's yeah. special because we're opening this beer. And, you know, that's, that is very, it's a very freeing mindset because I would, when I was buying beer all the time, it was like, first of all, I'm spending entirely too much money on beer. Like I could have paid off a student loan with what I was spending on beer and you're just, it's never enough. You know, like once you get one thing, you got to get the next thing and you just get kind of in that. I don't know. It's almost like the, like the people who were obsessed with like beanie babies and stuff where it's just like, Oh no, I got to get this. I got to get this too. Or it's like, and and then you're never actually drinking them or enjoying them. God, it must be rough being like a haze bro. Oh my God. All the hazy beers and you can't drink them fast enough and they all taste the same because like you're drinking all all the time. And you're just trading them. (laughs) I, I don't, I swear some, I, I, it is a second job for a lot of people. And for some people, it oh. is actually like their first job is just trading hazies. Let me, let me tell you, because, oh you know, when I, I have a brewery, you know, Pilot Brewery, and we do. Wait, you do? Yeah, yeah. I just want to remind everyone. And uh, so just, you know, iterate between, you know, a home brew and the brewery. But anyways, you know me, and you know anything about Pilot, you know how much I fucking hate New England APAs. Well, I also like making money, but so <laughs> we contract brew for Percent Tap House. They're a one barrel brew house in uh, Harrisburg, North Carolina. And this guy makes all his hazy IPAs. He loves this like mosaic one. He just makes all the time. I think he's made it like six times or something ridiculous on his like one barrel system, two barrel uh, fermenter. So he's really expensive beer for him to make with all these hops. And so he wanted, wanted us to make the, hazy IPA so we could can it and so I put up a fight but <laughs> at the end of the day this is beer for him it's not like for me so you know it's kind of like kind of like I could confirm to people that I actually can make this style and just choose not to <laughs> right <laughs> right exactly so we it's in the tank right now it's fermenting well do you know what he had me do oh my god Jen okay so the first of all <laughs> Maybe you've probably seen this because I know you've brewed like a hazy, but I don't know if you see this. 
so many whirlpool hops, like so many whirlpool hops. First, he had me take the tip, like after boil, he wanted me to cool the wort down to like 190 to put the hops in, which I get, like you didn't want to like scorch the hop oils, but all the hop oils were there. They were so, it was like, so like this much hop oil, like on the fucking top of the beer. And I'm just like, looks like shit, man. He's like, no, it's so good. It's perfect. And I'm like, well, as long as you like it. So then we do all that. And then he's like, okay, I, I want to do the first dry hop at gravity, where the gravity's around like 1027, 1030. Right. I was like, is that what you do at your fermenter, at your brewery? You fucking open it and you put, I'm so like, so like to, let me put this in perspective. You have like this many hops, not even. You have like this many hops and you right. open this hole and you suck it in and you like, Hold it down real quick, right? So it doesn't explode. He's like, yeah, I, like I'm like, yeah, you can do that because you have this amount of hops and this right. big hole, and you get in there, and hold it down. Do you know what it's gonna look like if I do that? <laughs> Fucking. So I had to like, when we pitch our yeast, we have a yeast break. It looks like a keg. It looks like a half barrel keg, but it has a top you could take off and like a a valve on the side. So I used that, cleaned it, sanded it, all of it, purged it. And I put the hops in it, and I pulled beer into it to saturate and push the hops back into the tank. So okay. I didn't have this, like, explosion. But I had right. to do that twice for his double dry hop. Do you know how annoying <laughs> that is? Yeah. So annoying. Like, it's not like a simple beer, you know? You're just like, right. my dry, your dry hop to you is pretty easy. But for me, it's pretty annoying. And I had, I had, like, one day off that week. I scheduled it for myself. But I have to go do the dry hop. Yeah, motherfucker. Like, I hope this beer is everything you want and more. Right. But we're going to get more, so. What we'll have to do potentially soon as an episode is just, like, bite the bullet and do a hazy beer. I'm not brewing a pilot brewing hazy beer. No, that's fine. No, no, I'm talking about a podcast topic. Oh, no, that's fine. Oh, it's like a bitch, yeah. really. Yeah, yeah. just talk, <laughs> talk about the science behind it, and then if yeah. we keep it together, we'll just reserve the last, like, 10 minutes <laughs> to just be like, okay. Yeah, it's like, I, I'm going, it's going to be like, I'm going to need all of the Haze Bros to leave the podcast right now. We'll like, Let's talk about how they all taste like onions and garlic and hot butter. <laughs> And nobody and burn is my all the way down, okay? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So we'll have to do one of those um, soon. I, I, I will get the science ready. I am ready to get the science right. ready. Because right. there, well, the, well, there, there's a ratio of cohumulum versus cohumulum. I don't know. I'm just making that up. <laughs> right. There is a lot of interesting science behind it. So we will do an episode and do a, a very very good job of like clinically separating the science and be like hmm rachel let's talk about the um calcium chloride to sulfate ratio and then we can be like all right everybody it's about like trigger warning it's about to get real about an ipas and then we can just i actually have a very good story about the calcium sulfate calcium levels to the sulfate levels the chloride levels to the sulfate very good story Okay, but yeah, that's, that will be like when we know we've made it as podcasters is when we can just, uh, well, actually, no, 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 
a podcast is if you don't I feel like I've already podcast. made it. Yeah. <laughs> 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 but that's just me. That's just me. Right. My husband's been on the balcony this whole time, so he might have a different opinion. <laughs> He's like, I will commit to never listening to your podcast. <laughs> No, that's not true. I actually have to say that we are building a uh, Japanese garden on our balcony. Oh. What quarantine does to you. And luckily, my husband is, he's very sweet. I, I give him shit for not listening, but I was like, we need to build a Japanese garden on our balcony. He tends to up. And he was I like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> so we're putting the floor down right now. We got like a gray like interlocking tiles that are like let the water run through and everything when it rains. Oh, okay. So like wood tiles to go on top of the black rocks. Like we're doing this. Nice. Japanese fucking garden. <laughs> <laughs> what else? What else? What else? What else? I don't know. I, th- I feel like I'm good. La 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 la. Quarantine times. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm going to go take shots. All right. Cool. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and um, we're going to go drink because it's not 9 a.m. on a Sunday morning. That's right. (laughs) All right. See ya. Yeah. (laughs) This has been False Bottom Girls, and we make the Bruin world go round.